just a reminder that we do have our Patreon, and if you could go and support us, that would be brilliant. It keeps the podcast going, pays all the bills and stuff like that, so it is really, really helpful, and we love everyone who's on there. Thank you very much. Go to patreon.com forward slash HM4AS, the four being the number four, and if you could give us a couple of quid a month, that would be brilliant. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. This is Good Time Charlie, and you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve. Hello. It's Mick and Lucy from the popular tattoo-based podcast, How Much for a Sleeve, and we'd like to give a few moments over to our new sponsor, DSM Tattoo Machines. Lucy, tell us a bit about them. Well, Mick, DSM Tattoo Machines make exceptional coils and now a new rotary, Tattoo Machines, not guns. You can check them out at dsmtattoo.co.uk and don't forget you get 10% off with discount code SLEEVE10. They also make a range of needles. You can find them at lockdownneedle.co.uk. I think they're very nice. How much for the sleeve? Hello, you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing, hosted by an actual tattooist. Macy. And an actual knob, Mick. How are you? Thank you. How are you? This is like take four. (laughs) She's been blowing raspberries during the the opening, so that's nice. Uh, Hello. Hi. How are you doing? What have you been doing? Good. I've been exercising. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of tattoo. Today, I tattooed the Queen, which is very exciting. What did you do? Happy birthday, Phil, on her butt cheeks. Oh yeah, I didn't realise it was that. And then my friend here did it on text me after and said, "Oh, it's Phil's birthday." It's like, oh, um, that was what, nice. What else? Did you do a tattoo of the Queen being removed from that college in Oxford that all the ninjas have got their knickers in a twist about? Do you know about this? No. So a college in Oxford um, decided that they didn't want a picture of their queen up in their common room anymore. They had a vote on it, took it down. And now Gavin Williamson, the education secretary, is saying that everyone needs to have the queen up in their, in their front room. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, they get shot in the neck as a treasoner. I have got the queen up in my front room twice, actually. I love the queen so much that I keep a picture of her in my wallet. On a book of stamps? No, on a note. But you're close. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forget that. But my, my one is rolled up and full of beak. So <laughs> all blood and snot on one end. Not really mum, oh. if you're listening. <laughs> is that why you've only got one nostril? It's one big one, like Daniel well, Westbrook. One... Yeah. One really big note to do it up with as well. <laughs> Kick a drain pipe off the wall. Here you go. <laughs> um, so what, what have you been tattooing you've done the queen what, what do you mean a picture of the queen done the yeah picture of the queen what else have I done I don't feel like I've worked very much this week because I had Monday off and then I just worked Tuesday and then I went, had Wednesday off Wednesday was last we went out on Grant's bike for the first time in ages because I've got my first bike lesson tomorrow and I haven't been on a motorcycle since I did my CVT nearly two years ago because of COVID. Um, so I was like, oh, better get some practice in. And then I'd bought a bike jacket 
and it was very tight, incredibly tight. So I took the liner out and I was like, okay, just about do it, just do it up. Then we went out and it was lush, it was sunny, it was just lovely. And we went and had a meal at a pub. And then I was like, fuck, I don't know if I can do it up now because I've eaten. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I just got it in, but my boobs are like up to my chin. It's like and, a, um, almost like a, a secondary um, safety mechanism. Like you've got your own own portable airbags. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so that was a bit, that was a yeah. bit you dare. Sorry about that. I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yes, so that's happening tomorrow, which is well exciting. It's going to be like an assessment. So I said, he said, how much of experience have you got? And I was like, yeah, none. I did my CBT, which is the only time I've ever ridden a bike myself. And it was what is, what is CBT? Is, is that where you get like 50 cc's or whatever? Yeah, it's like your basic bike training. And after you've done that, you can ride a 125. Yeah. But I want to do big, my big bike test, but I just wanted to test the water a bit and see yeah. how shit I am, really. And if I'm really shit, then I'll get a 125 just to get some practice on. And if my turns out I'm like an absolute natural, then I'll just blast through and go straight for a, a bigger bike and then nice. i'll be part of the cool kids yeah what bike would you get <laughs> i'm asking like i give a fuck or know anything about bikes would you get one of them big ones yeah i'd probably get a well big one i'd like <laughs> a big harley one <laughs> just so i can keep up with grant really but and he could do a sweet paint job on your fuel tank yes with elvis on it oh and a, my god and a, and a big detailed spunking cock Oh my god! I would absolutely have that, and then I'd enter all the bike competitions, <laughs> all the boy, shows. All the dads would like it. Yes, they would. Yeah, it would get attention. Yeah. Just put it like Grant Knight's custom airbrushing right down the shaft. <laughs> Got maximum exposure. Lol. <laughs> Lol. Lol. Um, you've had a baby this week. Yeah, about a cat. We talked about it last week. Oh, did we? Sorry. Yeah. It's very exciting. I've just been seeing him clawing the microphone and having a little power. I wish it was a visual. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, he's doing all right. Upset, upset the fuck out of the other two. So, yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> doing all right. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got, we got some fairly weight plugged in. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it doesn't smell of anything to humans, but it's a pheromone thing that reminds them of, I don't know mum or something just chills about so they they still have a dust up but they don't they sort of flop on their side and have a little rest rather than (laughs) there's been no um hissing or um growling since they it takes a while for it to diffuse properly like a day Mm -hmm. yeah no big big difference a big up fairly way oh probably i haven't even looked probably made out of crushed cats or something (laughs) Elvis is still crossing me for going away last week. He needs to sort himself out, to be honest. Yeah, he does. He's sitting there licking his non-existent testicles at the moment. Oh, I had a thought. Um, After we gave Origin a little chat about last week, they, I think Matt texted me within like a day of this episode coming out and said, oh, thanks for that. And I was like, oh, that's so nice that they listen to it straight away. Like, how lush is that? Our friends listen. So it'd be funny to do like a little test, see which of our friends actually listen 
So maybe if we call Mr. Back an absolute knob and yes, see so. if we'll... see if she responds. Go on then. Mr. Back's an absolute knob. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So that, um, the first one to 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 send you an SMS that says big floppy donkey's penis. Yes. We give them a fiver. Wow. Fifty p. Fifty p. Maybe maybe a print. Maybe a print of the queen on a stamp. Just you mean just send them an envelope. Yeah. On it. There you go. <laughs> what are you moaning for? It's on your chest. <laughs> um, our guest this week, Lozzy Bones. Lolzy bones. There were lots of lols. It is. It starts off a little bit deep, and we talk about mental health and coping mechanisms yeah. during download. Uh, during during download during lockdown. Download. Ow! Optimus just attacked my toes uh, during lockdown. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then and then it like like quite often when we go in quite quite deep early on, it just descends into silliness and <laughs> lots of lots of pet talk as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, she's lovely, isn't she? Oh, that was such a nice chat. I remember coming away from that one just feeling like just all glowy, like I do all the time. But it, were we had we come out of lockdown when we it did was, that one, or right, we just right at the end? It was it was like the week or two weeks before. Before doesn't the, that seem like a lifetime yeah, like 400 ago? Years ago, yeah, yeah. Wow. And a cat's called Wadge as well, which you had a tremendous amount of fun with, didn't you? Wadge oh, the cat. Yeah. What an excellent name. <laughs> we have spoke about it before, but you realise that my cat is called Bowl Tickner, <laughs> which is very similar to Ball Tickler for your liking. And there was Wadge and you, you just, yeah, you lost your shit everywhere. Lost control. Yeah. Oh, I love a comical name. Couldn't cope with that. Just couldn't go. <laughs> but yeah it is, it, is, it is a good one she's lovely check out her stuff because she's oh incredible for the, the the level she's at and how long she's been doing it don't really add up yeah so. that's it like i said on on it like to her when i first found her she'd been tattooing a couple of years and i was like what <laughs> nuts she's so good and her style is so recognizable and just intricate and beautiful really gorgeous love it and she is just such a gorgeous human as well yeah very kind very very lovely um talking of lovely people we should also give a little bit of props to our episode sponsor dan self-made thanks dan thank you mate as always um but he's smashing some stuff out doing some collaborations with hudson who we've got coming up Yes. And uh, all of his stuff with Rotary Works. Rotary Works. Say the T. Rotary Works. And Rotary Works. Yeah. Did you see the machines that he made for um, Frank Carter's shop? They were like, they were the Rotary Works um, collab, but they were like all pink and pretty. Nice. I didn't see that. I said lots of non existent T's in that. In that. <laughs> Frank Carter, pretty. <laughs> Roy Rose. Yeah. But yeah, so Esticles. <laughs> S Ickles, you mean? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so thanks for, thanks for sponsoring. We love you. Um Yes. 
thank you very much. It's very kind of you, Dan. Yes, mate. Hope to see Come you back. soon. Come back on. Um, shall we? Get Let's see our... if he listens. Yeah. Dan's self made a willy. He says he's a, he's a willy. And you fucking throw your head back like a cavalier. <laughs> James at my volunteer job go, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing so loud? I'm laughing because I said willy. Okay. <laughs> Is there any better reason to laugh? Absolutely no. not. Um, shall we crack on with our episode? Yes. Yes, this- we should. This is episode 18 of How Much for a Sleeve with Lozzy Bones. How much for a sleeve? This week we have Lozzy Bones. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that was so high pitched that I think it cut out. <laughs> oh no. Oh, everyone takes the kids out. Just so excited. I sing everything. Like whenever a client arrives uh, to me, I'll just be like, hello, good morning. And everyone's like, why? <laughs> Yeah, we're we're British, so we want to be as moody as possible. And this this jolly greeting when you go get a tattoo is not going to stand. I know. I'm sorry. I'm really letting the side down here. And it's not a tattoo shop. You don't tell them to fuck off. (laughs) Isn't it? Positive attitude. What's that? (laughs) PMA bullshit. How has your lockdown been? Oh, it's been shit. Oh, yes, it has. <laughs> bloody shit. Like, I don't know. It's, look, like, it's got, it's had silver linings. I will always try and look for silver linings in things. But if I'm being completely honest, I'm past the point of pretending to people that it's been good or that, you know, like, I'm having a great time. Yeah. It has been fucking awful. Um, just, uh, you know, like, in the in the good ways it's been like you know you've been able to rest and kind of realize that maybe working yourself to the point of burnout is not sustainable um, yeah and making some kind of decisions and changes uh to your working life there has been really good but yeah otherwise it's been lonely and it's been you know I haven't been able to see any what like my parents or anything because they all live in London and I'm in Brighton so um you know it's it's been a bit rough but you know it's it, I started therapy <laughs> that's, oh that's great though good for you yeah, I feel like it's you know it's but for a lot of people I know it's been the kick up the ass that we've um we've all needed to go like hmm am I okay no I'm not okay so yeah a bit you know if anyone's like in a position because obviously it is a privilege to be able to afford therapy, like especially if you could do it privately, which I which I am doing. Because um, you know, if you go through the NHS, you're probably going to be waiting for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. um, if you are in a financial position to be able to do it, like I would literally tell anyone to do therapy. It's been an absolute ride. <laughs> that's that's amazing. How much? So how much would it cost you? Say like an average session with a therapist. I think it ranges between maybe like it can be 30 to 60 pounds like depending on what your therapist is kind of like offering yeah Um, my therapist says fuck a lot and I love that so I'm I'm happy to pay top dollar for for the (laughs) f-bomb like she just really puts me at ease by like you know I was like I really like that you say fuck all the time and she's like you wait till I drop the (laughs) (laughs) c-bomb 
I love it. I've actually been like pimping her out to all the tattooists in Brighton. Someone, one of my mates suggested her to me and I've just been kind of like, like that to everyone, just giving her, giving her <laughs> details out. And I think she's got a few clients out of me, but you know, I feel like I should, I should get like a loyalty card. Yeah, <laughs> get some commission. Ten, get ten a free clients, session. Yeah, 10 clients and I get a free session. But yeah, it's been, it's, it's, uh, it's pricey, but it's fucking worth it. Like it's really, you know, uh, with all the reflection we've all had to do during lockdown, kind of having to slow down and just be in our own company or being less yeah. distracted than usual, it's been a really good opportunity to kind of be like, you know, right, so why do I do these things that, you know, are really, you know, unhealthy and what, you know, and trying to like draw connections and yeah, I would suggest it to anyone. So. We don't think anything of going to a sports massage person or, you know, having physio. Yeah. And we pay that sort of money for that stuff. So why shouldn't we spend it on our mental health? It's more important. I could not agree more. I do think that it is like the most authentic form of self-care. Like, fuck a bath bomb. Like, <laughs> I could do without a pedicure. I mean, you know, like, but having a session of therapy where like, you know, there are days where you come out. My dad, I remember my dad telling me, he's done some therapy in his life and he was telling me you know like when I was first starting he was like there are days where you will feel like your guts have been ripped out and you're just kind of walking around like a wounded animal afterwards super vulnerable but then there are other days where you'll you'll come out of it and you'll just feel elated and you'll feel like a weight has lifted you'll everything will be a bit brighter you'll be standing up a little bit taller and he wasn't wrong like honestly it's been a it's been rough and the be- at the beginning of it it was like you know uh obviously the pandemic really freaked out. I had high levels of anxiety. I got, I, you know, had some really, really quite horrendous panic attacks. And, and then, yeah, towards like coming up to maybe six months doing it now. And it's like, we're starting to get into the nitty gritty and it's really, really helping, like really awesome. helping. So that's, that's wonderful. That's amazing. Cool. That's and thanks, awesome. thanks for sharing that as well. It's, yeah i'm like an open book right now that's what therapy Mm. does to you it means you're like really vulnerable (laughs) with everyone you're just like yeah do therapy it's great (laughs) i think i think there's a therapy as a still has a stigma to it when you tell someone that they assume that you're that you're a certain type of person and i think that's starting to go now it's still definitely there and definitely probably there more so with with men because we've talked about this before where where women are sort of in society, women are allowed to be mad because, mm. oh, aren't women mad? Oh, God, she's mental. She's, you know, all that noise. Well, um, we're expected to be mad. Yeah, and emotional yeah. and all that. That time of the week, is it? Yeah. yeah, well, absolutely. I think we're currently having this kind of, you know, quite interesting conversation about toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I think it's really, you know, opening up this dialogue um, around this kind of, you know, understanding that men need to get in touch with their emotions they need to be more yeah. vulnerable and they need to kind of like go against that that you know l- those learned behaviors that society and the patriarchy teach you that yeah. you know you need to be a man's man and you need to not cry and like you yeah. know and I just think I think that is shifting like yeah. there are a lot a lot you know more gentle men out there and and you know there's a lot of fucking arseholes and there's a lot of fucking wankers and you know like we we see it's it's you know we're not even remotely out of the woods yet but I do think that there is just this slow shift even with just a portion of the male population like a small shift in the right direction and you know if that can just keep going and building momentum then who knows where we're going to be you know 
That's yeah. it. There's, there's a wicked poem by a geezer called J.B. Barrington. It's called Another Way. It was on, I think it was for a charity, and it's about mental health in men. And there's a bit where people like don't come up to you at the bar, but if you saw me with a broken leg, you'd fetch my beer. But you see me with a broken head and you sneer at me from afar, something like that. It's fucking, it's really, really Aww. smart. Um, and there's a bit I'm in there the where, yeah, when he, when he talk, he talks about how mental health in men is always associated with violence and they, people back off as soon as you um, say you're doing that because they think you're going to, you're unhinged or something. But I imagine it's exactly the opposite. As soon as you start talking, you become hinged, you know? Here's the thing though. It's like, you know, mental health, it can absolutely lead to violence yeah. a lot of the time with men, but that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, that's if it's left too long, you know, yeah. like obviously not with everyone. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not blanket. That's not a blanket statement, but you know, I do think that if it goes kind of undealt with, like it can really just lead to some really toxic coping mechanisms. And totally. a lot of like, and a lot of people know, suffer from that. Yeah. And also the suicide rate for men you know, mm. you know it's just so, it's heartbreaking yeah and i think that this is what um this is what like frustrates me it's like i think that fe my feminism encompasses men you know like it absolutely applies to men and i think that that's what really it's really frustrating because a lot of men still don't understand that feminism includes them like it yeah. includes yeah. You know, it's like, fuck the patriarchy because that fucks you up as well as men. So, you know, yeah. Sand on my soapbox here for a few seconds. We'll get into the dirty quickly, you know. <laughs> and I wish that, you know, well, anybody that has suffered with mental health and has tried to reach out to the NHS will say that they're that shit mm. you know it can totally depends on what area you live in what their budget is what their processes are and you really have to be in this catastrophic um place for them to do anything other than here try these this medication so it'd be so great to no try and normalize um seeking your own therapy going private and and looking like making other resources available because i imagine that somebody just going to the doctor and saying they've already taken that huge step yeah. to say put their hands up and say i'm not doing very well and the doctor goes oh here you go try this and they don't say it's probably going to make you feel worse for a few weeks or or anything like that it's Absolutely. just yeah it's so messed up but I, mean, I love that more and more people are talking about it. And we've had a few male tattooists who have spoken about mental health as well. Yeah. And it's so nice to see how everything is changing in that way. We're definitely just going in the right direction. I've definitely seen a lot more male tattooers be a lot more vocal online about it. And I really yeah. appreciate that. I think it just creates this really positive environment for everyone to kind of be a bit more honest with themselves. And, it, yeah. and it's just the catalyst, isn't it? Like, you know, their followers will see them mm. being vulnerable and them being honest and it will just, you know, it will have a knock-on effect, I think. It will just, you know, just create this really safe environment where, you know what, the, the people I admire feel like that and they're honest about that. So yeah. Yeah. I should be too. So That's you know. it. Yeah, that's it. And like, and um, I don't know what I was going to say, actually. I was, was going to say something and then it went away. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it in not just, not obviously i've noticed it in tattooing since we started doing this but i've also seen it in in 
in other male dominated environments like sport huge pushes in mental health and people coming out while they're still professional while they're still international sportsmen saying that and twats go how can you be depressed you play football for tottenham in england how can and how can you like it is something that affects us all it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter how like much fame you have how much recognition like it literally you Mm -hmm. know like can affect us all we can all feel like shit i think it's all relative you know a lot of people are quick to to be like well you know you've got all this money and you've got all this kind of you know you've you've got all this privilege and and stuff and it's like it can still affect you it can still it just you know it doesn't discriminate depression does not and and anxiety do not discriminate yeah and i haven't asked a single person how they're locked down how they're doing in all of this situation and they and they have you know everyone has said actually i'm not i've not been feeling very well every single person and it's like it's fucked isn't it this whole situation it really has Mm. just been so messed up and people living by themselves and and um we talk about this I've said this so many times because this podcast has just been such a game changer for me it's just been an amazing focus and um just been so thankful for it and hearing everyone else say that they've been, been in the same boat has just been another game changer it's just you know it's nice to know that you're not the only person in the world feeling this shit just um, solidarity isn't it yeah like, it's totally. really nice to have this kind of like you know this pack mentality about it um, yeah I found especially with my little kind of like group of, of I've got quite a few like female tattoo like Lou Hopper and yeah uh, Georgina Langford uh, Biss and um a few others in in Brighton and we all have these kind of like really rich conversations about mental health because of yeah. how important it is to, you know, really like debrief, comparing notes basically. And it can be so <laughs> uplifting. Like it just yeah. being able to have that conversation with that close circle of people. Um, totally. And also like, you know, one of my, one of my best mates, she, she's, you know, suffered quite a lot with her mental health. Um, she's not a tattoo artist, but she, we've been a real kind of like, you know, scaffolding for each other over the years. Um, so just being able able to kind of like you know <laughs> talk to like professionally depressed people <laughs> who like really know <laughs> you know like know know what the what the deal is and be able to kind of like have that guidance and help each other out I think yeah. is super important having a support totally. system and a support mm. network of just people who That's are on the page really helps my my first thing to do if I'm feeling shit is to just in an ideal world in that situation I'll just uh, lock myself in a room and not talk to anybody and it's the absolute worst thing I could do and like I've had a few days recently where I've spoken to Lou and it's just an instant uplift and my mood changes or you know we do a podcast where I speak to Mick and straight away I feel like I'm energized and this warm glow and I I just need to push myself to do that because it makes so much difference absolutely and sometimes just putting a name to it you know just being like I don't feel great to someone yeah I I did exactly the same thing I still do that sometimes my immediate reaction to feeling shit is to uh get very like insular and lock myself away because I don't want to bother anyone and like I just kind of want to like wallow in it and just not bother but I think there's a difference between like uh locking yourself away and wallowing there's a difference between that and acknowledging how you're feeling honoring it and kind of moving with it and moving through it kind of you know so you let yourself feel it but it doesn't mean you can't talk about it with people kind of like 
again compare notes with people and it kind of helps you through to the other side I think like I think what I've established now is that the worst thing you can do is literally just like hide under the duvet sometimes you need that sometimes you need rest days but you know I think in the long run it's better to just talk about it you know definitely (laughs) like this you know it's so healthy to talk about it and um I hope that anybody listening will you know no we're all depressed together (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely oh my god I I try and say that quite a lot and to on social media and that and um yeah absolutely mean it a thousand percent because it's just like the difference between someone like you know just reaching out and just getting a kind word might be the difference between you know you never know like you never know what they're going through so yeah exactly that's it well now we've spoken about mental health let's talk about yeah we got deep quite quickly that was heavy wasn't it (laughs) i I feel like i need a fag and a beer Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself then Lars? oh god um yes so what's your name and where do you come from hey so my name's uh lauren i go by lozzy bones um i I use finger guns quite a lot when i feel awkward um (laughs) no i uh i so i was an illustrator i'm from london um i moved to brighton uh, about four and a half five years ago um I did an illustration degree at uh, London College of Communication, so it's UAL. Um, I got a 2-1, which I call a first with a social life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, like, and I just kind of, I dabbled a bit in freelance illustration for a few years, uh, maybe a year and a half, and then kind of like started dipping my toes in uh, the tattooing kind of area. I was like front of house uh like desk work in in a few tattoo studios in london and then uh was just desperate i was absolutely desperate to get into tattooing and so being on desk was quite difficult for me i wasn't very good on desk i was kind Mm. of like you know um and uh i started an apprenticeship it wasn't great it was actually quite traumatic as a lot of people have kind of experienced you know I feel like I haven't really met an artist who had like a really really good non-toxic apprenticeship experience um (laughs) but uh but yeah then I kind of abandoned that once it got a little bit too traumatic and uh moved on to um occult tattoo which is where in uh, in Worthing which is where I um kind of finished off my apprenticeship uh with Ruby Wolf and um and yeah and four Coming up to five years later, I now own my own studio with my business Ooh. partner Lou Collier, which is like amazing. Something I just never thought would happen. Mm. So um, I always secretly wanted to happen, but never thought it was actually going to happen this soon. So, um, so yeah, because I'm turning thirty this year, and uh, I just Ouch. I'm so chuffed <laughs> that I've kind of got my <laughs> my business kind of you know off to a good start before I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> I can say ouch because we're both older than you. So. <laughs> yeah. So just, so how long have you been tattooing for? Sorry about it. Sorry. How long have you been tattooing for? Uh, so like including apprenticeship, about four and a half years. Nice one. Five, four, wow. Your, your, work, your work has been so good for years that you would just never know. That you oh, haven't that you'd only been tattooing that. <laughs> um 
I actually oh, remember when you. I first started following you and I found out at the time, I think you'd only been tattooing a couple of years. And I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, I'm blushing. Stop it. <laughs> um, oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I uh, work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I think that I've always loved drawing drawing has been my drawing was my job before tattooing like I have always been kind of first and foremost an illustrator and then you know I loved kind of experimenting with surfaces and surface design in uni and you know tattooing is important to me and the history of tattooing is important to me and like you know just the kind of just incredible journey of learning how to tattoo like but it is another surface, you know, and it's, it's something to kind of, you know, adapt my illustration to. So it was, it was like a, just an, another medium. Um, and, and yeah, and it was really interesting when I first started and I, you know, I did my first orange or like my first grapefruit and it was shit, obviously, mm. absolutely <laughs> fucking shocking. Um, and it was like, I remember this just this feeling this little like oh shit I've got to get good I've got to, I'm not like immediately good at this fuck I've got to actually try <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah no it was really um and I think after the first kind of failed apprenticeship experience I was just it lit an absolute fire under my ass and I was just so intent on making this my thing I like I couldn't I had no option I was literally like no because I was commuting from London to Worthing a couple of days a week um and the guys at a cult were just so accommodating and it just they were already like mates of mine so I'd, I'd gone to get tattooed by them quite a lot and they were just so yeah like it was like coming home it was like just a breath of fresh air from the shit I'd had to deal with um and so I was just really grateful to them so by being grateful I showed them that you know I could I could do it and so I was mm. um I just yeah I just worked my fucking ass off really <laughs> And have you opened your shop during the pandemic? Yes, we have. Um, it's called Heart of Glass Tattoo and it's in Worthingtown Centre. And uh, it, we, I, we, so, so we got the keys maybe two, three weeks before lock, the first lockdown happened. Fuck. And we'd just put like the floors in. We'd oh. just uh, renovated the floors and done like a bit of painting. And it's a big space, so we were like, fuck, like, what are we going to do? Um, and we were absolutely shitting ourselves. Like, me and Lou were just like, oh, my God, like, holy fuck, we've just opened a studio <laughs> and now we can't work. All that money we put in and all that kind of, like, you know, like, um, budgeting, depending on whether or not we could work, you know, like, it was all dependent on bringing in cash. Like, yeah. um, But... We pulled it out of the bag and I'm really proud of us for it. Like, I'm really, really proud of us. It was just a complete passion project. Like, we absolutely put our hearts and souls into it. And um, and we managed to open for, like, a few months in between the lockdowns. And it's been great. It's been really and great. it's beautiful. I've had a look on social media and it looks so nice. Thank you. It's like a Victorian greenhouse wet dream. <laughs> Flash, flash slithering common room like you know it's uh it's basically the vibe we were going for one thing i've noticed from following tattooists and tattoo shops is that they're moving away from the dark black walls all dead stuff everywhere they're becoming they look you know they're just more open and bright 
friendly. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. Plants in it, like white yeah. walls. Put some plants, hanging yeah. plants. Job done. Like I, you know what? I wanted like both of those things. We both did. Like me and Lou have quite similar aesthetics. So like we like, you know, I'm super into like Victoriana. I love taxidermy. I love like, you know, filigree and, you know, stu- stupid like gold garish, like, uh-huh. you know, fancy mirrors and stuff. And um, but for the actual, it's on two floors. So the bottom floor was going to be like, you know, super nice kind of waiting area. We could like open it out for events and stuff. We wanted that to awesome. be like dead animals and like you know dark walls super like nice foresty greens fancy gold wallpaper and then upstairs it's a really beautiful like open white really airy space with a huge window so with loads of hanging plants and stuff so we wanted to have that duality with it where it was kind Mm -hmm. of like best of both worlds nice i saw um so lou's recently redone um death store hasn't she and Mm -hmm. um she's gone really bright and botanical and in there it looks so nice she is so good just at decorate interior design <laughs> we met up recently and she showed me some pictures and it was just stunning like it's so yeah. beautiful she's very, like she's been absolutely on it this oh my god down. like yeah. she is just she's like i've learned how to sign pain i'm mm. just it's like you know interior design like she's just an absolute like forced to be reckoned with and i'm really glad to know her like, she's i know wonderful. oh same some, some interior design tips from her because that was yeah. just like, chef's kiss chef's kiss mm-hmm. <laughs> I think her first cool. her first sign writing experience and it's like the best fucking sign it's incredible and the first time she did it i was like what the fuck you can just do anything just same, stop it just stop being so good same yeah. as your grant with the airbrushing well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, my boyfriend's just started airbrushing and he tattoos as well, so he's had a bit of time. And um, he got, like, an airbrush kit and literally it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, he's trying... He wants to do, like, petrol tanks and um, bike helmets and stuff like that. And the first one he did... Well, the first picture, picture he did was this, like, realistic skull and it's insane. And I try. I was like, give me a go. And yeah, but you just, you just drew a couple this... of cocks. Yeah, and it was so difficult. <laughs> when in doubt, do... draw a dick on it. <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. And they were the worst <laughs> cocks I've ever drawn. You know, I've got a lot of experience and this was terrible. So now I've had a go and I look at the stuff. We did this like um, colour realism portrait of my cat and it fucking blown just blows my mind. It's not Some fair. Some just got it, right? Like, yeah. that's, just, that's really impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. And anyone that wants to check them out, this one I should really know what it is. It's like <laughs> Grant Knights underscore airbrush art or something like that. I'll put a thing up, but yeah, it's Plug nuts. It. Plug it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's it. I'm like, because he's such a workaholic. He's so bad. Before, well, I did it as well for like five years. We're both working six days a week. And then came back after the first lockdown. I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. And cut mm. it down to five and now cut it down to four. Okay, but yeah. Still... I'm sorry, but four is like the perfect balance, yeah. I think. And I think yeah. all tattoo artists should do that. If they can Absolutely. afford to, they need to do that. Yeah, totally. But he won't. But I'm like, why don't you just have one day off and do airbrushing? Because you can do a, ta- a petrol tank and it's incredible and you can sell them for loads of money. So mm. it's not going to like, he'll be out of pocket by having that one day off but he just thinks he's letting his customers down because he's really busy really busy he's like a good old local artist and everyone in the area knows him and comes to him like and I agree I get it like I totally get it um 
but I also think that that is just like you know that's that's capitalism like you know getting yeah. all ingrained into your your you know your working attitude because it's just like you also want to be able to be doing this in like 20 years time do you know I what know, I mean that's like, it. like working six days yeah. a week or even you know five days a week sometimes if you're doing like long ass day sessions yeah. it's not sustainable I already I fucked my back up like I literally slipped a disc within the first four months of tattooing oh um, and I spent a year and a half rehabilitating and I was just like after that I was like right cool I've really got to sort out like you know what is my limit like what can yeah. I you know can I do a fucking eight hour day session no yeah. can I do a six hour day session just about you know yeah. um you know can I do that more than twice a week no I can't you know so it's like it's yeah. really working out your balances and limits and I know that there's a lot of like you know old boys in the industry who are just like you know these youngins they don't they they've never worked a day in their life like you know <laughs> fucking snowflakes and it's just like fuck off like I want to work and I want to not be in a pain in pain and I also want to do this forever you know so yeah. I'm gonna really try and like look after myself and you know get those sports massages and do weight training and you know try and sort my spine out so that I can do the best work for people that I can without being in pain that's it listen up granny if you might listen every now and then I think I go listen to this one it's funny and you go oh. <laughs> so, granny listen up <laughs> Lozzie's told you I'm listening but I'm not gonna do it <laughs> yeah totally I think it's almost yeah. a, a, I think it's a, again it's something that no you go on I, I think it's just something that people, like, people have to kind of like get to on their own as well you know I feel like there are some people out there who just don't can't be told and I'm not in the business of telling people either I am in the business of sharing my experience experiences with people and the fact that yeah I fucking broke you know fucked my spine super great I was in pain for a year and a half like horrible pain that made me so grumpy um and you know yeah like it's just everyone's different and everyone yeah. you know like carries weight differently and sits differently for tattooing some people have their posture like bang up I ever see a person the worst. tattooing like that you know like sitting with their back straight tattooing like that like my eyesight isn't good enough to fucking do that <laughs> for, for like you know to begin with so you know if I see people tattooing like that I'm just like yeah cool awesome you work six days a week you've got it down but yeah I'm like I'm like there like fucking an inch away from the fucking tattoo so I need to be really careful about it I think when Same. you do something like that as well, like slipping a disc, that is traumatic. And so I've I've knackered my legs playing sports and sports. gone to fi- sports, gone to physio. Um, and I went to physio a couple of years ago and had a conversation with the bloke and I didn't realise that. It, so he said, do you think about it all the time? And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, when you're in stressful situations, do you envisage it happening again? And I was like... Uh, yeah I do actually so one of the things I get stressed out and I think oh if I'm going to fall down the stairs and dislocate my knee again and I just my brain would do it and he said yeah it's post-traumatic stress PTSD and I'd, I'd never done it so if you've got that in the back of your mind while you're tattooing you're not going to be concentrating as much as you can because you're going to be going hope my back doesn't go again what if my back goes again I'm going to be fucked I won't be able to work next week I won't be able to afford my holiday mate it's so true the body holds on to that shit though as well like you will hold that anxiety like for for the year and a half after where I had like agonizing sciatica and uh just all manners of issues with my posture and like I honestly like hip was sticking out in a weird direction like I was just yeah I was fucked um for the whole year and a half after that I was terrified of it happening again and it happened a couple of times um and 
you hold and because I was so scared I was just holding myself in a weird way and I was holding so much tension in the areas yeah. that were hurting so yeah absolutely like it is really really traumatic like it's definitely something that I've had to deal with in therapy as well because it really f- fucks you up because like you said you really struggle to be fully in the moment because you're worrying in the back of your mind you're worrying about hurting yourself so it's really careful to it's really important to like have the right chair and be sitting properly and you know like I got one of those um you know I did the classic like you know I went from coils to to groceries and then now I've got a now I've got a a uh, like a pen uh Cheyenne pen um the tap dildo as we refer to it as the uh, official name yeah and I bought one of those like battery packs for it like one of those critical universal battery packs for it and I tattooed myself like a few weeks ago um I was gonna come to this okay it fucking (laughs) sucked um it was horrible (laughs) don't tattoo your own ankle like just don't um but it's revolutionary like just eliminating the clip cord holy fuck if you think about the fact that when you're using a clip cord, you are tethered to one spot, you're kind of like shifting, you know, like just with this battery pack, you're just like, you're away you go. Like you don't have to be stuck in one spot. Obviously you've got your station, but you know, you can kind of move around a bit more. It's really, it's really wonderful. Really Pardon fun. my ignorance. Is the battery pack attached to you or attached to the pen? So it's just this kind of little, <laughs> so me and Lou, uh, we have this running joke where we like measure things <laughs> in the weight of Mars bars. Um, so like, <laughs> I was wondering, yeah. knowing Lou, I was wondering where that was going. In the, in the weight of uh, me, uh, Lewis Collier, my business partner. Oh, I thought you meant Lou. Uh, uh, no, Lewis, he's super into confectionery. Um, <laughs> like snack jeans. Um, but it's basically just like this little battery pack, yay big, like super tiny. Um, probably the weight of half a Mars bar. Um, they're not very much. And it just slots into your, to your um, you know, the little jack at the end of the machine and away you go. Like it's tiny. So right. he's on any machine. Um, the critical one says it's universal, but it only seemed to fit in my Cheyenne. But um, FKI and, <laughs> and lots of other, uh, you know, tattoo builders are coming out with, uh, machine builders are coming out with like their own ones and i'm pretty sure oh. you can buy adapters for them for the universal critical one so that's interesting cool. how much did it cost i think it was about 250 for one it was my it was one of my you know self-employed grant treats sure. <laughs> <laughs> and how long does it last uh i think it's up to like eight hours wow oh, wow which is crazy maybe yeah. six I don't know but again I'm not tattooing past six hours so yeah I remember they brought one out years ago but it was like a couple of hours or something mm-hmm. and it was clunky and I don't know what who brought it out and I just remember hearing that it was pretty shit it's definitely been <laughs> streamlined the technology has <laughs> come out the other side I want to try oh I'm gonna have to get on that when I've got oh. a job again well it's tax deductible so you <laughs> been like my holiday to LA yeah <laughs> I'm joking it was work uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, <she's> joking <laughs> I, I know you can't like hear me winking on a podcast but you know there was a big wink there was a, a comedy wink there like right up there you've just made you just reminded me of something when you uh, I got the giggles then I don't know if any of you saw but it reminded me of my when you said he the measures the weight of things you're, you're your Lewis measures the weight of things in um, 
in Mars bars. It's not beastly, but my mate Charlie, shout out Charlie Shearing because he does listen. Thanks, mate. Hi, he, Charlie. Uh, he he. If, it's only to do with money. I can't remember where it came from, but everything's in fivers. So if someone, if something costs him fifteen pounds, I say how much does that cost, and he'll say three fivers, and it, <laughs> it makes me it cracks me up every time, and I forget he's going to do it. I and love I, that. Yeah, I can't remember where it came from, but I, yeah. So I, I do it for a little bit, and then I forget about it, and then I see him again. It's, how much do trainers cost? You have five fivers. Oh, nice one. It cracks me up do, every time. Can you read, like, do you go, how much did your house cost? No, oh, I haven't wow. done it on the houses yet. 100,000 <laughs> fivers. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's for, it's, for, it's, for, it's for small ticket items only. I <laughs> <laughs> how much does he cost? Oh, fuck. Let me get the calculator. Loads, loads of fivers. Loads of fivers. Yeah, loads of fivers. Plenty of fivers. Yeah, I'm not good, I'm not good enough at maths for that. This fl- I just waved my arms around and very knocked, knocked your questions Great over onto the floor. Match. So there's two ways I can continue. I can either just wing it and ask you loads of shit um, off the top of my head or I can go get them. Do you want to pick them up, mate? You should pick, you should pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, I should try it for a while. So, we'll be chatting about yeah. Mars bars for ages. Yeah. In, in terms of weight of Mars bars, how many Mars bars does your cat weigh? Oh, she's quite small. So I'd say, so a Mars bar is like, I think a hundred grams. So like 10. <laughs> I'm going to weigh hey. her and I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to find out the exact weight of her in Mars bars and I'm going to let you know. I'll DM you and let you know exactly. Like I'll put her on my little little kitchen scales you're you're listening to how much for a sleeve quality tattoo podcast yeah i think we've i know we say about all the time but we have um an eight percent tattoo threshold that we have to hit for to call it a tattoo podcast and not just not just our mates messing around so i think we're well over that so we can we're fine to talk about free fivers and mars bars what pets have you got i've got a kitty cat I've got a kitty cat. She has been my absolute rock during Aww. lockdown. Like I would be so lost without her. She's like, yeah. she lets me spoon her. I know it sounds really sad. So, but... does, so does Elvis. I mean, he doesn't have a choice. I hold him in such a vice-like grip that he can't move, but I like to think he loves it. Oh, it's, t- it's they do love it. They do love it. I'm sorry, but anyone who's not like a fan of cats, like I always find like dog people just fucking hate cats. They just, they hate yeah. them. They're Satan. Um, cat people are like dogs are cool <laughs> yeah. know, like, um, I've definitely seen that on like a, a meme somewhere but yeah um but my cat is just she's so loving and she's just and, and she she's very chatty so she'll have conversations with me so it makes me feel less lonely in lockdown <laughs> oh do you live by yourself so I have um I'm like a lodger in someone's house yeah. but she works full-time so um so yeah I was kind of alone for a lot of it and um have a bubble with my with my boyfriend Jake so um but that wasn't until maybe I was shielding for the first lockdown so shielding for about three months so I was kind of like super lonely <laughs> for that oh, time no. but we've kind of worked some stuff out now so it's fine oh well that's good I'm glad you can see another person now she <laughs> um you mentioned earlier before you're recording that you've done a couple well, I've seen anyway that you've done a couple of the art house and um, collective classes yeah I've taught I've taught one of them and I've been to a few as well because like they're fucking awesome and um 
they get so many like good artists on and just artists I really admire so I was just like getting in there so um <laughs> yeah that was a nerve-wracking experience I bet oh my god do you know what how many people draw? were on the sorry you go Lucy it was 280 people cool. wow uh and yeah so the pressure was on and I mean like it's not the first time I've taught something but it I haven't taught anything in a really long time and so I was just absolutely crapping myself um but it went well and I was really happy and people seemed to really enjoy it and also I was teaching people how to draw skulls so it was like I was in my element <laughs> I was just really uh, enjoying it yeah did you do it live or did you pre-record I did it live which was lovely really good fun oh and that was there like a real mix of people on there yeah I mean like everything from like you know the youngest member who I think is like you know not a seven or eight or something wow. and to you know people who are like the elderly my mum came on it which was really cute oh in the background not putting her camera on just like I'm just gonna listen in <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh that's so sweet it was raining did you rein in your like your your effing um for your mum uh, or for the younger generation? Oh, well, I mean, like my mum wouldn't my mum wouldn't give a give a fuck. Um, but uh, <laughs> I did, yes, I did try and just say, oh, oh goodness, <laughs> oh gosh, oh, oh golly, golly. <laughs> like, oh golly, yeah. No, I I really tried to to be be careful. <laughs> and there's and there's Jade just like fuck like in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's we, such a like natural thing you know like we were we were a very sweary growing up you know in my house it was never a it's never a thing so it's just kind of part of my vernacular to be really sweary so. we we were not sweary in my house my mum is like pretty posh and doesn't swear <laughs> apart from the odd bloody <gasps> and, um, you know it's the bad you know it's bad when she cracks out the bloodies I know I know and then um I think it was I was probably about 18 I think before I swore in front of her but then um in the last couple of years she started dating Len Tucky who is um Susie Quattro's um lead guitarist and ex-husband and he's like proper yeah I know it's cool as fuck isn't it I know because right. yeah. she's I mean my mum's 74 and he's the same age so yeah so now she he's like proper cockney and full of all these amazing stories and swears and smokes and drinks whiskey and plays guitar and stuff and my mum last lockdown I think she came back and we were sitting in the garden drinking and she got wrecked I'd give <laughs> I bought this dessert wine which I love but it's like 20 percent and it's so easy to drink it's just like juice and uh, she got absolutely wrecked and she went, she was going, oh, fucking hell, I'm pissed. <laughs> and uh, I ordered a pizza and the pizza delivery guy came in. He like drove in into my garden and uh, she, she did that typical thing where um, he had an accent and she went, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, an accent. And she went, oh, oh fucking hell, I'm sorry. I'm so pissed. And my mum, like, you just would never expect it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No more dessert dessert wine. No, no, no. more dessert wine, mum. And she was eating pizza, like, just dangling it in her mouth. Like, oh. <laughs> I love it. I, she sounds great. Like, she yeah. a couple of drinks in her before she'd, like, the walls come down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Both my parents were teachers, so they had, like, an immediate reaction to go, ah! If either me or my brother swore, but my uh, brother, I'm so my... triggered by that. Like I'm so triggered by that sound. Yeah. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> excuse me. And you, yeah. Uh, oh 
god, that's taken me right back to secondary school. Holy Sorry, shit. Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, so, but my, my brother's 18 months older than me, and he is he has a violent mouth. So um, it's sort of, if he, if he I'm going to say it, he would say cunt all the time, which then meant that when I said fuck, it didn't really have the same, it didn't land the same as it would have if he hadn't been chucking C-bombs all over the shop. Since Are you he, like the never... younger child or a middle child? Yeah, or... so I'm the youngest. so right. I could, You I could get away with everything then. Yeah, like, that's just That's just the rule. Like, yeah, so, yeah. I've, de- I've definitely taken advantage of that. Same. So you should. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> the older children go through it. So that, you know, because I'm, I'm the oldest, like I've got a brother who's uh, 16 years, my junior. Wow. Um, he's uh, he's 13 and he's just, oh and I, I bought him some Mike Uncle Romance final for his birthday. And he's just starting to like, to like come over to the dark side. Yeah, man, get him in. Dark, but like, you know, I'm a massive emo. So like, <laughs> I gave him this vinyl and my dad sent me this video of him like playing like i don't know three cheers for sweet revenge on vinyl whilst playing with lego and it was just like a really weird kind of transitional thing where my dad was like not not a boy anymore but still not quite a man it was so cute it was really wholesome but yeah like he i think he he's gonna get away with a lot more than uh yeah definitely my my daughter is sorry no we keep doing that i think we might have been in on you today um, Let me just keep, I'll just keep talking over. See if I start talking again. Just going to keep well. talking. <laughs> <Twat. laughs> um, <laughs> at 14, my brother would say, I want to go, I want to, I don't know, go around my mate's house with a four pack of beers and that. And No, you can't do that. But then he did it at 15 and didn't kill anyone. So when I said, can I do it at 14, they were like, yeah. And my brother's like, well, I weren't allowed to. Why is he allowed to? He's like, because you didn't. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean now. Yeah. Paved the way, paved the way. He he yeah. laid the groundwork for you to take the piss. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> My uh, daughter is fifteen, and her whole life. Why do you have a fifteen-year-old daughter? I'm very young. I know. I, like, when I was six. <laughs> how, how old? How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm thirty-four. So is I had a. I was nineteen. Like I turned nineteen five days before I had her. Beautiful. But you know, I'm Scottish, so that's pretty old. That's like a geriatric <laughs> standard. Standard. Yeah. I know. I was like the last of my friends to breed. So... <laughs> Amazing. Love it. So I, her whole life, I've tried to like influence what she listens to. And there are a few dodgy phases. Like she was obsessed with Taylor Swift. At one point, she said that her first tattoo was going to be Taylor Swift. Um, that could be a lot worse than Taylor Swift. It could be a, a lot worse. Um, and then every now and then I walk past her room and she'll be listening to like Nirvana or the other day she was listening to um, one of the early Eminem albums and um, or she would listen to Green Day or something and I'm like oh she's edging over there yeah just, yeah, it's just like happening not under the door it's only a matter of time just gonna I, I gave so. um I gave my little brother Fergus I gave him a uh, a playlist that uh, my boyfriend Jake had made and it's called uh, the Real Emo Brunch <laughs> because we went to an emo brunch thing at like in Brighton, and it oh was terrible. God. Like it was shit. Like it was a bottomless <laughs> mimosas, which was the best part of it. Which you know, it's, it's fine. But <laughs> the DJ was and the, sh- the food was terrible. Like, but whatever. It was fun. It was fun. You know, it was in between those lockdowns, so you know we were all like in our bubbles and all had our masks on, whatever. But um, the 
DJ was just shocking. Uh, like, who plays three Paramore songs one after the other? Anyway, Jake took it upon himself to make like a comprehensive, you know, edu- introduction to emo. <laughs> like as a playlist and it's banging like it's so good <laughs> and uh and I and I kind of like gifted it to my brother I was like here you are young Padawan <laughs> take this and learn well like it was it was so good so good so I'm What's gonna like it? it's got I mean like it starts with Hawthorne Heights so I mean like you're all yeah. you're, you're off to a you're off to a flying start um <laughs> there's a lot of like yeah taking back Sunday and like oh, then it gets a bit like not so emo, but definitely of that time. Like, there's a bit of like, there's a. Do you remember the Rasmus? Yeah. Like, yes. Uh, 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 like, as you know, that's slid in there as well. Like, just lots of around kind of early two thousands uh, alternative. Um, but yeah, it's it's just again, Chef's Kiss of playlists. So search it, search it on Spotify. The 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 real emo brunch. I'm just plugging Jake's playlist. <laughs> <laughs> need some emo bangers whilst you're tattooing and you know you want to embarrass everyone around you then yeah please feel free <laughs> what would be your best what was like your number one album to listen to while you're tattooed oh god a shit question isn't it i hate it's this hard. question because i i i like all music like I, I literally like will listen to anything and i love i love like pop music like i love 80s movie music i love everything so um an album oh my god at this um my volunteering oh. <laughs> job I've spoken about this probably tons because it's like the best thing about my life at the moment but we have music days and you like choose a, you go around a circle and choose a song and then everyone just like drums along and there's a couple of well most of the the people that go they love like 80s music so it's always the same songs as like gold in there and um there'd be material girl and Perfect. lots of madness and they just love it so much and then I'll be yeah. like I'll choose something obscure and they're like uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like no bring back Whitney Houston like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. to be fair I do normally choose Elton John though so it's not that bad Oh, good. I think, you know what? My favourite music to tattoo to is, like, 80s cheese. Um, <laughs> like, I used to get told off for singing along because <laughs> I would just sing really loudly and everyone else was like, you know, oh, well, like, I really I really just want to listen to the song last and I'm there just, like, fucking karaoke tattoo. Like, <laughs> ah, yeah. there's something that could take off. Karaoke tattoo. Karaoke tattooing. Well, a lot of my clients, I have a few clients who like, you know, repeat clients who who know this about me and uh, who will absolutely join in. So I'll like have the playlist at the ready and we'll literally just be, you know, like fucking private dancer, like just <laughs> all the way through so, the session. So we're just going to have to have to break for a minute while we have a little dance. Is that all right? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, perfect. And especially because like the studio is big and it's only got me and Lou in it at the moment. Like we'll be hiring people soon. And um, so, you know, there are days when I'm just on my own. So it's like I could get my client in and we could just like bellow to this <laughs> playlist. And it's just it's purely it's like my pure happy place. I love it. <laughs> when I got tattooed by Paula Castle, she was doing like an awesome tattoo she did um Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Salem on my leg um and she was singing word for word like the playlist fuck it was like Spice Girls 
um all saints it was oh, just like just 90s, jams. 90s yeah. yeah and she knew every single word and uh, I was like go on Paula and then my first ever guest spot I went to um Black Moon so Black so like the the most goth shop there is the most goth it's stunning isn't it I've only seen pictures oh. of it but it's beautiful like it's, it's amazing and the whole the only thing we listened to in those two days was um Spotify 80s playlist I would feel like it's a common thing like especially within like female-led studios like it yeah. seems to be seems to be a common common That's denominator it. there like we yeah. all love the 80s upbeat you know ridiculousness yeah um, I'm glad you said that about Paula Castle though because I'm meant to be going and doing a guest spot with her soon and like, oh. I love Paula's pieces she's so sweet and so that's yeah. really good to know so I'm just going to be whacking on that 90s playlist yes and she will love it like, Mary Mary and shit like that'd be great yeah I said that I'll go as soon as life is back to normal and I keep meaning to ask her to come on this actually because she'd just be a great a great one she's got a lot to say and she's lush and her tattoos you are absolutely need to get her on this yeah totally I would, yeah I would be the listener for that absolutely yeah absolutely oh yeah she'd be great maybe we can squeeze her in actually before we go back to work um but yeah oh that'd be great if you go I really I can't wait till life's back to normal and I can start planning guest sports it's the best thing for I me had, about tattooing I had like I think the pandemic squashed about like six guest spots that I was planning oh, on doing yeah. up and down the UK. I had one at Salon Serpent in Amsterdam that I couldn't oh, do. Have you been um, there before? Yeah, I went there once before and it was amazing. It's beautiful. It's like, it's like also, Elite Hoop Camp is just like, you know. Yeah, we, we spoke to her a couple of weeks ago. She'll be playing. So this isn't going to go out until June, but her episode will come out in April. And oh, that yeah, was a great chat. She's amazing. She is an incredible woman. Definitely, like, yeah. I just have so much respect and admiration for her. And so it was such yeah. an honor to be at the Absolutely. shop. I felt a bit, I was so nervous and I'm, and I'm a, I'm a nervous talker. Like, I just, so I just felt like I talked her ear off quite a lot of it. I was just really like, <laughs> you know, and I oh, was a bit embarrassed about it, but you know like it's such a stunning studio and I just love what she does there so yeah it's lush I was really nervous I took Danielle Rose with me when we sorry went. to sorry oh, to butt in it's she only got one eye yeah she, she's oh, a, she only got one eye but it's all good she uh had it from birth little baby oh I love yeah. I love uh I just love a, a disabled cat honestly like it's yeah. just the cat pissed off she's like ideal just like why am I not getting any attention for fuck's sake I'm gonna make well, your she does that thing like you, you said that um when you're talking your cat thinks that you're talking to them yeah. that's their that's their assumption so I'm just talking away and she comes over and starts starts yelling hello uh, what, what do you want I'm, I'm here <laughs> <laughs> my uh my cat she I have my phone on speaker quite a lot like when I talk to people on the phone so I can like tidy and stuff mm-hmm. and my cat will jump like you know same on the bed she'll jump onto the bed and stand over the phone and like <laughs> scream into the phone like really loudly me so, now this is my time like, you hey, hang up like yes <laughs> sorry there's something in the phone like yeah <laughs> what's your cat's name right um she's got, oh. <laughs> right she's uh she's called she's called wadge um like match of what yes so uh, <laughs> the context is that i did not name her she was adopted from someone i knew like she was uh my boyfriend's housemate's cat and they moved into a new flat 
and the flat didn't allow pets but they kind of like moved on anyway and then mm-hmm. they found her out and I was like I will take her I will take this one please and because I like already knew her mm. for a year before I, I didn't feel comfortable changing her name and also she absolutely is wedge like that is she's an idiot like she's got no grace she's just <laughs> the stupidest animal I love her so much but she has like she's the kind of like when she runs she looks like those fainting goats have you seen them yeah yeah, yeah. Their <laughs> out at once and they have no and cats are quite elegant animals so yeah. it's really weird that she just has absolutely no like she literally just will point all her limbs out and kind of just pinball from wall to wall um but I'd often call her just like princess baby or baby lady or widgems or uh, police chief widgems was yes. my favorite one jammy wadger like there there's a whole myriad of of cat names shit face sometimes because she's got a little smudge on her nose that looks like a bird oh. so uh, <laughs> the oh. list is endless yeah i think if you still call your cat exclusively the name you 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 gave it then you you're doing it wrong i've I don't think I've ever called my... I barely call my cats their actual name. I shout Elvis when he's being naughty, but 90% of the time it's Smelvis. <laughs> yeah. Because he stinks. <laughs> Today, this is very grim, uh, but he... <laughs> While I was just going for a wee this morning, he jumped up on the side of the bath next to me with his bum in the air, tail up, and... Uh, oh, I'm so Moon's sorry. just knocked a vase of flowers over. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wasn't giving her any attention. (laughs) No, she hasn't smashed it. Elvis had a a drip of poo from his bum and he put it in my face. Ah, dirty boy. I know. I I had to follow through with that story. Follow through? Hope not. We're already on the toilet, so, you know, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I was only weeing, but, you know... I don't know. He does that when he's excited sometimes. Oh, bless oh, him. Yeah. I know, Is yeah. He quite old? No, he's, he's just old? got a weird bum. No, he's just a fucking arsehole. Um. Yeah. yeah. Talking We've of got... weird cat names, apart from Wadge um, and Badge, uh, we spoke about this. We spoke about this a lot because it's so great, but a mixed cat, his other cat's name, his other cat's name is Bowl, as in like cereal bowl. Yeah. I like to tell yeah. people. I would like to reaction. know the. I would like to know the story. I want to know the concept. Is there like characters? Like, what's the house? The, the there's a story arch? My, <laughs> my girlfriend went to Japan and went to a cat cafe, and there was a cat sat in a bowl. So she said, "What's the name of that cat?" And the Japanese lady in the cat cafe couldn't really speak much English and just said "bowl." So Danny said, "Oh yeah, the, the one in the bowl." And she said, yes, bowl. Yes, the bowl. What's the cat called? She was going, bowl. So we <laughs> wouldn't really know if the cat's called bowl, but ever since then, Danny fell in love with that cat. She used to look, before we had cats, she used to go on their website and find the cat because they did like oh. update, update pictures of them. She'd be like, oh, there's bowl. So yeah, when we said we're going to go and get some cats when we moved in together, uh, she said, I want, to, I want one of them to be called bowl as an homage to that wonderful oh. creature she saw in, on her holidays. That's wholesome it's content. Good, isn't it? I love that it. Is. I absolutely love it. Oh. So my cat story is about my cat pooing and mixes that nice, lovely whole. I mean, story. hey, like, look, it's we have a Everyone range. Everyone does it. We, we like range. Like. Yeah. 
like we've um the cat tray is by the toilet in in my flat and uh on the rare occasion like you know when i'm doing my business the cat will come and do his business next to me which is like weird because cats are usually quite private animals so that's a bond that's a that's a pet bond right there she will pee while i'm peeing you know like those it's my boyfriend he doesn't know (laughs) it sounds weird i'm gonna say like he pees at the same time as me but he doesn't uh we pee separately (laughs) Um, his, I don't think it's ever seen me pee. Anyway, his cats, <laughs> as a tangent, he's got two mancoons, and um, one of their cool, their real names are Bo and Opal, but their names that I've given them are Burt Reynolds and Morag. And um, Morag, without fail, every single time I go for a wee, she like scampers up the stairs after me and sits next to me and just looks, and she, it's like, oh, every just, single time I go for a wee, she's there, weeing as I well. See, like usually they want privacy but they refuse to give you privacy. Like there's just like some really intense eye contact usually while while peeing and it's kind of- It's literally, I'm just like, (laughs) are you right? Can I help you? Can I help you? And and Burt Reynolds is always sitting by the door protecting us both. Burt Reynolds is is, is, uh, amazing. I'm just adorable. Nickname you've given. I know someone who's got a dog called The Verge. (laughs) <laughs> um and it's a chaotic dog i just think it's top much, such a mint, mint name it means you go to the vet the verge because we get that whenever we go to the the vet and the, the vet will come out and go bowl and like, is that that can't be bowl it can't like, be bowel like, the pet's name and then your last name like because yeah. that's what you know so I don't, know if I, I don't know if i've said it before <laughs> oh no this is good I don't know if I've said it on here before, but we were in the vets once and someone came out and the, the vet came out and just did a huff and he went, Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the geezer stood up like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, oh we have so this before because then I realised that it was Baltic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick's last name is Tickner. Or uh... aka Ball Tickler. I, lo- I love it. This is. Just- I think I should bring that up in every episode. Everyone, everyone needs to hear it. It is a. It needs to be a staple. Yeah, <laughs> let's change the name of I the think pod. We've had that many now. And we've been we've been doing them now. That I can't remember what we've said. So I apologise if must. you've heard these stories all the time. Yeah, but sorry. Lozzie hasn't. So yeah. that is you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have heard about Wadge. So, <laughs> exactly. Know, like, we've got Wadge. is your new your new stuff. Take that in. Drink <laughs> that in. I'm, I'm going to think about Wadge all the time. Uh, oh man <laughs> i really wish she was here to, like, where is she but you know who knows she'll probably come in later when it's done and just be like hey so are you ready to give me attention now Albus <laughs> 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 will be furious when i get home that i've been out all day he'll be throwing I, stuff around and we're gonna have like a serious amount of pets with like separation anxiety once we all go back yes. to oh yeah we've we've moon's only 17 weeks old so she's she's only ever known oh she'll yeah i don't think she'll cope that's a good oh, point no, that's really sad get some fell away get some fell away in the flat yeah <laughs> what's that it's like a it's like a plug-in like yeah it's like a diffuser um, thing Chills them out a bit. It does help. Does it work? Yeah, yeah. We we got us when we moved. So we moved from London to Leeds. So it's like a four-hour drive with one cat in the car, and it yelled for a bit. But you sprayed. There's like a like a body spray type thing. 
just spray it into a flannel and put it over their yeah, face like about five minutes and he, 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 was, he, was, he was really well behaved after that didn't hear a peep out of him i have a funny cat story so my my friend she cannot resist adopting a cat if there's a cat in need she'll have it yeah. and it got to the stage where her husband was like 10 cats is enough we cannot have any more so she literally had so many cats and um and then she would just foster them and she'd like raise tiny little baby cats and stuff anyway she had one cat called keith and he is the big tabby <laughs> keith, i love man. cats with human names yeah. i know i know i'm sure i've a- said it before sorry to butt in but my next door neighbor or next door neighbor one used to have two cats called malcolm and dennis oh, um, and, and dennis. When, when she was calling them in at night it'd be like malcolm dennis and it was like it sounds like she was calling in her pissed uncles back from the pub come on you've had enough now get back in so Keith is like a big tabby with a really long, long tail. And so he was chilled, just super chilled. There were some, some of the cats were just hard work and feral and stuff. But so she's getting nails done at this woman's house around the corner, which um, just a, on a tangent here, the house was bright pink. The sign out the front was bright pink. She had a pink caravan in the garden and uh, you'd never know it was a beauty therapist. So she's sitting there getting her nails done. And um, somebody says, um, somebody phoned or came in and said, oh, Sharon, I think um, Keith's been hit by a car. And so Sharon like run around and there, there's a tabby that had been hit. And so she was, oh, you know, so devastated, picked up the cat, obviously heartbreaking. Picked up the cat and was like, fuck, what do I do? Because she had to go and do the school run. Mm. So in <laughs> she puts the cat in the front seat of the car. Um, and it obviously, it had been, you know, probably an hour or so since it had, passed away happened so she put it on the front seat of the car drove to the school run to the school run parked up and while she's waiting for the kids someone was knocked on the window oh, you're right oh what's what's happened to Keith and she's all oh, you know it's really sad by which point it's already been a bit of time and when things die gases are released mm. so this dead cat sitting on her passenger seat of the car farting avoiding its bowels <laughs> yeah and a Nasty friend goes business. do you think that when the kids come out of the school the, the dead cat should be on the front seat and she went oh actually that's a good point so she picked up the cat by which point he's totally frozen <laughs> she said he picked him up and he was just this frozen cat pick him up by the, the back leg and he's just like <laughs> yeah really yeah so, yeah totally <laughs> so she puts him in the boot um comes in, the kids come in the car and she goes oh kids got some bad news i'm really sorry keeps Keith's dead um and they're obviously really upset drive home come in and then she's like what the fuck do we do with this cat so she puts frozen Keith on the sofa and all the other cats are coming up and going oh Keith are you okay what the fuck's happened to Keith um and so she's like still sort of processing what the fuck do I do with this cat now waiting for her husband to come home and then Keith walks in the room yeah (laughs) And she, oh, and no. she said the way she told it was Keith oh, comes in and goes, well, who the fuck is that? <laughs> that looks like me, but it's not me. Who the fuck is it? And uh so she found out who it was and oh, she no. took she carried Frozen Not Keith to her neighbour. And it turned out the big Keith was actually little Linda. And she just handed over little Linda. And that was oh, it. And no. Keith still lives. Keith uh, lives. Keith lives. <laughs> it's a roller coaster of a story. Oh my isn't god! It? Wow, I like. I laughed. I cried. That was, yeah. that was intense. That had that had many characters and many story arches. That's great. I love it. Holy shit! 
this has become like a very pet heavy like podcast i'm into it pet cast <laughs> pet cast yeah should i ask you something about tattoos maybe i don't know like, i mean i'm fine talking about cats forever but tattoos are good. <laughs> i like both and <laughs> um, what would you do? I know you were an illustrator before. If you couldn't be an illustrator or a tattoo, this is still isn't tattoo related. <laughs> but what would you do if you couldn't tattoo? If you didn't tattoo oh. or draw? Or draw if I couldn't draw at all. Um couldn't do it as a job. Oh, I always wanted to like go into acting. I was into like musical theatre before, like when I was younger. I, can see I did that. like I, can you? Like, it's the fingers. It's the pointy fingers. It's the fingers and the facial expressions. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I, um, I did musical theatre, and I, you know, whether or not I would go into acting, but maybe something in that. Like, um, there's a bunch of things. Maybe like makeup artistry, like that could be cool. That doesn't count as drawing, right? Yeah. Like that's still yeah, creative. I don't know. But yeah, makeup artistry, like SF, uh, special effects, like kind of stuff. Um, fuck fuck knows uh, drawing is like 90 percent of my like identity so i just can't imagine a world where i couldn't do it so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe something like project management i don't know like something lame like that right <laughs> <laughs> we're going on the non-creative side of things like yeah be like big boss bitch like somewhere <laughs> has anyone ever said what do you wish you were and they say project manager is this the first time it's ever happened not something I would wish, but if I had to, like, if I was thinking about what skills I have other, other than tattooing, like, I'm loud and, like, you know, just, yeah. I used to work for a construction company when I was out of uni, and uh, we were talking about our ideal jobs. So my brother's a cricket journalist, and when he realised he wasn't good enough to play cricket professionally, professionally, mm. uh, he decided he wanted to write about it, so he is pretty close to his ideal job. I think we were talking about it and some, well, some lad, and he was like a um, quantity surveyor or something. And he was like, I think, yeah, I've got mine. I think I've got my ideal job. And I was like, well, so when you were eight and you're at school, he said, what do you want to be? And you said, probably something to do with, you know, someone's going, I'll be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. And you're going, yeah, I'm really interested in commercial management. Um, that's like, just, you, you can say you enjoy your job or you don't hate it. That's fine. Say you really enjoy your job, but it, there are a hundred things you'd want, you, you could think of now, you could do more. I mean, like, it's weird because it's just like, I, I reckon after this is done, I'll be like, why didn't I say that? Oh, that's stupid. Why yeah. did I want, you know, like, I'll think of loads of other things. Okay. Like, there's a bunch. Again, it's like, it's really hard to think about it when it's like everything yeah. that maybe I could do other than tattooing, like, or drawing would probably still involve drawing. <laughs> like, before, um, bef when I was doing like a foundation, before I did my like BA, um, they put me you know they give you guidance on where you should go and they were like no you shouldn't do illustration you're shit like go and do uh set design and I was like no fuck you I want to do illustration <laughs> so I did illustration instead and uh there's always been like that little part of me that's always kind of like oh but you know set design might have been really cool I mean I definitely I don't think I'd be tattooing if I'd done that but just think, you know, that might have been an interesting, because I was always really interested in like costumes and, you know, like, and the theatre and all that kind of stuff. So that might have been an interesting area to to broach. That'd be cool. I know someone who did like the sets for Prodigy. Really? Yeah, just like amazing. And now she's super private school mum, pashmina wearing two <laughs> blonde children, drives a... Oh. You're really over. painting a picture for me there. 
little bit like yeah when I met her she was like obviously just beautiful lovely lovely person and then chatting and she doesn't drink at all or anything but she's lush and then I said oh what did you do before you had the kids and she's like oh yeah I did this and I'm like <laughs> wow that's amazing well, you were you were interesting um, <laughs> that's mean that's really mean <laughs> it's true I zero chance she's gonna hear this but yeah so true so true yeah <laughs> um what were the guest spots that you had to reschedule and have you rebooked them or anything I've not rebooked them yet because it's just like it's a bit of a weird time to yeah. kind of like ask everyone who owns those studios um I had uh, some like favourites. I had um, Easy Tiger in Leeds, who nice. I bloody love. Like, I absolutely adore the guys there. Um, it's like uh, uh, Demon Dance, Barney, so Rab Tattoo and James Butler. Um, Lucy O'Connor was there, but she's she's moved to her own studio now, but I'm sure I'll pop by. Uh, but yeah, like those guys I absolutely love. It's like I'm away from home. Um, mm. I had uh, Den of Iniquity in Edinburgh. Again, oh, love lovely bunch. Show. Absolute sweethearts there. Beautiful studio. Yeah, fun. It's cool. To be had. Um, the, um, Den of Iniquity. I think I might have told you about it, Mick. The, as you go in, the, the first room you walk into is like your nan's sitting room. But Min- with uh, My Little Ponies on the windowsill. Like pink yeah. sparkly doors. It's yeah, perfect. Like it's yep. so beautiful and I love it. I kind of like took a little tiny bit of inspiration, like in a kind of sense, like I wanted it to be a bit of a like, you know, like living, like comfort in that kind of, because yeah. it's so comfortable there and it's just so lovely. So, so yeah, like I love those guys. Um, there is an amazing shop. So this is total tangent. There's an amazing shop just up the road from there, and it's like this. Um, it's like a health food, whole foods type shop, and it's the sort of place where you go in and you like shovel, shovel pistachios in. Like, Straight into your mouth, so you don't have to pay for them. I know what you Straight into your mouth, yeah. Just it's like, like a brown glass jar. <laughs> goji berries, just like oh. <laughs> yeah, it's lush. When you go up, good for snacks. I will. I will check it out. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other ones I had. I had like a couple of places in London, like I was meant to do like a two day one with uh, Amber Tattoo, um, uh, Sangler and wow. uh, also cool. in, in London. Yeah, like I was just like, what? That's crazy. Because you just, I don't know, like Sangler is quite a yeah. well, you know, established studio um so that was like oh god you know I still suffer really badly with like imposter syndrome and you know obviously I've not been tattooing for like a huge amount of time at all so the fact that I have a studio and like you know I was invited to do guest spots at at, you know amazing established places I'm sometimes like what me really oh god but I'm shit like you know um (laughs) but uh but you know that that subsides after a while um and then another one in london which is actually quite close to where i grew up uh called south city market yeah. which is just in new cross um and uh they look like a fun bunch i've not met them before yeah. so you know that would be but it'd be great because i could just like stay at my dad's and you know hop on hop on the bus in the morning so <laughs> an easy easy guest book oh so lush i hope that life gets back to normal and you're able to go like yeah I just um for it all. like it's just been crazy hasn't it just having to like having nothing to look forward to I think was like the really yeah. difficult part like not yeah. being able to plan for anything because I'm a person who plans for you know like I plan fucking five years ahead like so <laughs> it's been really really difficult not you know just feeling like on really unstable ground so yeah yeah it has been weird but hopefully you know but I say this all the time but by the time this comes out 
I hope that we listen and go, oh, good job it panned out and it's all okay now. <laughs> yep, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I think all croppable appendages for that. <laughs> it's just been, this has been so much fun and um, thank you so much. It's just You're been so welcome. great thank- to chat to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been um, it's been really, really fun. I've never done a podcast before, so I've been really, really we, enjoyed it. I mean, we've we've set the bar pretty high for any future ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, from from everyone you've already had on, like uh, Lou Hopper and and all manners of, <laughs> of other like, Angelique, who can't I mean, like, your Jesus future Christ. podcasts? Who else is going to talk about badge <laughs> on a tattoo <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Watch for the W. <laughs> Everyone's like badge. Like badge. Yes, like badge. <laughs> yes. Yes, like badge. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And um are you are you working Brighton if it goes ahead? Are you working the Brighton? Oh yes, convention? no, absolutely. I'll be there. Awesome. I yeah. am, yes. And I, I think I will be uh there with my boyfriend Jake. So we'll both be on the same booth. So nice. Oh, cool! Hopefully, me and Lou are going to be on the same booth, tag teaming it, and Mick will be here as a as a helper. So we'll hang out and have oh, drinks. Oh, yeah! That be like oh, please! If it goes ahead, fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. so, I mean, like when it when it when it goes ahead. Yes. Yeah. When it goes ahead, whether it's this year or next year or the year after, it'll happen. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. awesome! Well, thank you so much. Lovely yeah, thank to you. To you. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.